Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. And we're broadcasting live this morning from Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen, South Dakota, the heart of the Real Presence Radio Listening Network. And we're glad to be joined with you uh, this morning. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. It's been a, it's a beautiful day here today. You know, I got to love the nice weather and uh, middle of summer, you know, so it's feeling pretty good. Yeah, it's the, so. uh, we're on the, uh, the dog days of summer, as yes. they would say, you get on the, the, the that halfway, that midway point, and of course, those dog days of summer, uh, the other side of the baseball season, although this is a different year, there's no baseball that's going on, unless a lot of home leagues, some church leagues, some hometown leagues, um, but uh, we're grateful to be joining. Uh, we have a great show lined up today. We're going to be uh, just talking about the life of faith and grace and, and what the Lord's doing in our lives, but at first, let's just go ahead and open with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for this day. We ask that you would bless us and strengthen us in every adversity. And as we continue to share your love and your goodness with others, we ask that you would strengthen us in discipleship, that we would be witnesses to the word of God and your presence among us in your holy church. We ask all this through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm so grateful that uh, we're able to be here. We, we share about the faith. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the, kicking off the show today, Chris, we're going to go right into our straight uh, talk segment. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to really just open up the phone lines to our listeners and to share about the things that we need to know. Um, again, we need you to uh, give us a call here at Real Presence Radio Live. You can also submit your questions online on the Real Presence Radio listening app. You can also do that on our Facebook page. The number to call is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. And you can give us a call and just ask us, you know, start a conversation on faith. You know, we're... we're uh, Starting today, we want to think about the ways that we can uh, share God's love to, to live as disciples. And uh, if there's any questions, listener questions, give us a call, 877-795-0122. And, uh, you know, we, we were just had, having a conversation as we were kicking off the show. Um, we were just mentioning about the dog days of summer. Um, you know, it is an opportunity for youth sports programs, even in the, the current climate that we're in. I, I know that there are, there's youth baseball in, in my home parishes. There's church league that's still going on with um, social distancing and all the, the milieu of the things that are happening. But I know in our listening area, in our small town uh, leagues, you know, this is an opportunity for us to share faith. And it's also an opportunity for us to grow in virtue. Now, Chris, um, without getting into the details, but, you know, Chris, you had an experience last night. Uh, what, 
and this is a question for our listeners, how do you respond to bad sportsmanship? And let's say you're at a, uh, a hometown game, or it could be all throughout the year. You could be at a, at a community hockey game, or you could be during a baseball game. How do we live as disciples of Christ? How do we live as members of the church in the midst of you know, antagonizing, um, or maybe just bad language. You know, I've, I've, I'll be in a Knights of Columbus uh, golf tournament um, coming up here. And, of course, when you're out there with a bunch of men, sometimes um, people can forget about what they say or how they act or behave. And so you want to live righteously. You want to live virtuously. You know, Chris, what's your experience as, as living as a disciple but also wanting to be in this realm of sports and things like that well i'm gonna be honest it's it's actually it's not easy all the time right mm. you know especially as you uh you're com- you're competing right so usually when you're competing for something there's that high energy there's that desire to succeed and um you want to be able to put your best foot forward at all costs and that's that's the fine balance um and it's taken me some time to recognize excuse me, to recognize sports um, for what it really is, right? Growing up in high school, playing sports in high school, I was I was really um, kind of focused on, okay, what's the glory in this? What's the glory in this? And if things didn't go my way, I would just, I would get upset. You know, and as I've, I've as I've gotten older, as I've, I've began to coach, right? I coach summer baseball, I coach track, um, I coach some basketball too. Um, just learning really to um, what it's all about. And sports is meant to glorify God through your actions, through your body, um, but then grow virtuously, right? You know, in coaching baseball, what's a, a good batting average is you get one hit every three at-bats. That's failure. Learning how to deal with failure, right, mm. um, is something that is big. And learning that it's about bouncing back. No matter how hard you fall, you can always bounce back. You have another, another opportunity. Um, but then even with, like, sportsmanship or, you know, you get all these dudes out together and things may get a little loose-lipped or whatever uh, – Wanted to hold each other accountable is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's integrity. And at the end of the day, if you're playing sport, a sport, and it's not about bettering yourself as a human being and helping yourself become uh, more of a virtuous person, I believe you're doing it wrong. Like, I believe the purpose of sports at the end of the day, the purpose of any competition at the end of the day, is to help you sharpen who you are. And so it's hard to deal with. It can be frustrating. Um, I would like to say that I'm I'm good at it, and I'm good at turning the other cheek, um, just as Jesus teaches us to do. That was keep kept running through my mind last night too, after a situation I was in when I was coaching. Um, but it's hard to do because you want to stand up for what is right and true and good, and sometimes get if, a little pig-headed. <laughs> if there's any of our listeners, if you've had a, a challenge with living virtuously in the face of uh, maybe it's coaching or maybe even as a player, and you've overcome that challenge, or, or maybe it's a temper, uh, a temptation to, to anger, or maybe you've lost it one day, and you've had to totally uh, make an apology to your, whether it's your teammates or your own coach, and you learned a valuable life lesson from that, I can speak from my own personal testimony. I've had that experience in my life. Uh, as a junior high student, I lost my temper 
and I was ejected from a basketball game. And of course, it was such a humiliating experience, uh, pretty traumatic when you're, you know, 15 years old. Um, but then I learned from that, and it's something that later on I was able to go back to that experience with Jesus in prayer and experience Christ's presence with me, and that's something we talk about sometimes. So if you have questions about that or any other question in regards to the Catholic faith, give us a call, 877-795-0122, and we have to... Uh, uh, just want to encourage people to give us a call and, and, and start a conversation on faith. We do have a question from Ronald on Facebook, and Ronald asked the question, why does the church have to follow what the government says? And uh, that's just the general question in regards to, um, you know, what the church, why does the church have to follow what the government says? And, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot there. there I'm, certainly there are certain things that the government permits or, or says or allows by law that are, is totally inadmissible for a member of the church, um, first and foremost would be matters of human life. The dignity of the human person. Life begins at conception and it ends at natural death. So any laws or uh, things that whether state or national governments or even uh, international organizations uh, permit in regards to the dignity of human life, if it's uh, something in those regards, certainly the church doesn't abide by those because they're contrary to the moral law. You know, one of the things that's helpful for us to understand uh, in terms of, you know, moral theology, right and wrong, and how the church interacts with government is that there are different, there's a hierarchy of law. There's divine law, there's ecclesiastical law, church law, there's, uh, you know, divine law that's given to us by God through the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus' law of love and the Beatitudes. But we also see that there's civil law, there's, and there's a hierarchy of law, and, the, and that divine law, God's law, is higher than these. And anytime there's a civil law or a government law, whether that be state or national, that uh, goes against divine law or even church law, ecclesiastical law, then uh, that, that, is, that is not anything that can be easily dispensed with God's law. And so I guess I would encourage Ronald to, uh, uh, that there's some great resources in the Catechism of the Catholic Church in regards to um, the moral life. There's a section uh, in, in, the, in the church about that. And also I would also want to encourage you, Ronald, there's the Compendium of the uh, Cat Social Doctrine of the Catholic Church. It's a large document. It's available online. It's available on EW EWTN.com, as well as many of those great Vatican documents that really dive into this intersection between faith and government. Um, certainly, this is a time of aggregate, ag aggravation for many people because um, there are certain mandates, whether they be state or national mandates in regards and uh, different uh, different churches have, you know, had to make provisions in regards to uh, try to keep, you know, in line with some of, some of these things. But this is a different experience. And so, Ronald, I would just say the church doesn't have to follow what the government says, but at different times, ecclesiastical authorities, and those would be our bishops, in each jurisdiction, they have a jurisdiction that they preside over. Um, in this diocese where we're broadcasting from here at Sac Sacred Heart Parish, our local bishop is Bishop Donald DeGrood. And so Bishop DeGrood uh, gives direction to the parishes, to the priests, to the faithful, to live in accordance with God's law, with respect, or with a certain um, 
you know, understanding of what uh, local civil law says. But uh, there's always an intersection between there, and there are certain points where we do not budge. You know, we have to hold to matters of the faith. And so that, that can be a question um, that you can be, study and learn more about, Ronald. But the church doesn't have to follow what the government says, although um, where we can live with care for the common good or, or make prudent decisions in a just and, you know, equitable society as best as we try to. Um, but uh, there's more to learn on that. So thanks for the question, Ronald. We have another listener question um, from Anonymous. Uh, and if you have a question here for Real Presence Live, give us a call, 877-795-0122. We're talking in regards to uh, faith in church, uh, uh, living our faith publicly, uh, living in the public square. Um, also, uh, sharing our faith and living our faith in daily life, whether that's on the ball field or in the home. And you can call us at 877-795-0122. You can also submit your questions online on Facebook on Real Presence Radio. Um, you can also get our Real Presence Radio listening app, which is available from your, uh, where you, wherever you get apps for your phone. So we have a listener question from Anonymous. It's in talking about losing your temper, why is it so easy to do? And yet we regret it so much after it happens, and yet still do it again. You know, that goes to the heart of Hmm. the Christian experience Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, losing our temper or, or, you know, basically. And ultimately, the real answer to this is that we are affected by original sin. And so whenever I do baptisms and I'm, I'm going to help this person become part of the church and, and the life of grace, whether it's a child or even an adult, and I usually uh, point out to the people that it's not hard for us to look around and see that we do live in a fallen world, a world that's affected by original sin, where we have to contend with our tempers, our passions, unruly desires. Um, We can look on the news and we can see strife and riots and and all these things. Why are these things happening? We can see things like pandemics and frustrations and anxieties and fears and concerns. And ultimately, the reason for this is the effects of original sin, the tendency of the human person to choose goods that are not truly good for them or to sin, this tendency, propensity to sin, um, this weakening of the intellect to know something but choose something lesser, as well as the other consequences of the fall of Adam and Eve, which we've inherited as a human family. But there's hope for us who are members of the church because we can live in Christ, in Christ Jesus. And by God's grace, by his sanctifying grace, by his gratuitous grace, grace is freely given, we can be strengthened in the life of faith. And I think to the answer that question about why is it still so easy to do, we can look at St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 7, where St. Paul says, I do what I do not want to do. Mm. Who will save me from this wretchedness? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as members of the Catholic faith, we have an understanding of how Christ does save us through his sacraments, through his church, through his teachings, and through the life of grace, we can live and respond virtuously. But that's why we also have reconciliation. We have the sacrament of confession, because when we fall, we can reach out to Christ, and he can redeem us. He can save us again. And so I've been saved. I've been baptized, Chris. I am being saved because the Lord is always working in my life, and I, I lose my temper. Members of my parishes know that I lose my temper. I mean, and, and also that I'm quick to ask for their forgiveness, and I do, and I do blow it. 
and I ask them to forgive me. And lastly, like I hope to be saved because as I continue to live this Christian life, I, I reach out to Jesus to save me. Chris, what's your experience of this in your life? Well, and I, you know, kind of, you know, obviously piggybacking off of that, right? We we have our passions, we have these things that, um, that we're so excited about, whether it be right or wrong, and we're you know, like we're passionate about it. We want to we want to to spread what we believe or what we think to be right often and sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and so i look at like the virtue vice pendulum right we have to find um you know with every virtue um there's a there's a vice right there's an opposite and finding that that median to be able to be living within the bounds of virtue not having too much virtue right but having the right amount of virtue and then not having too little which then it's it's just a, it's a wild balance to make but my own experience i've found that you know through some study through some own prayer um a remedy for things such as a, an angry response and passion um would be uh, an accountability partner right this is big for most things with vice and so may as i if i offer just one piece of advice and one piece of and uh, of of thought for you two guys to chew on uh is that have somebody who you can be accountable with, right? If you blow up at somebody or you have a moment, don't be afraid to share that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, St. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 11.30, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness, right? Well, as we boast of our life, we're not going to pound our chest about, oh, look at me, I just blew up that that dude, right? We must be humble and be, like Father Tim, ask for that forgiveness when we make, right? When we make a mistake, we must say, I fell. I was weak. That was a bad moment. Forgive me. Help me be better. And so that's something that I found in my own life to be extremely effective, you know, whether it be in my marriage, whether it be in my working relationships, whether it be on the baseball field, right? After the game last night, uh, when I said my piece to somebody that I thought was uh, not in the right, I went and asked for their forgiveness because even though there was a situation that warranted me to say something, I didn't handle it 100% like I should have, right? And so asking for forgiveness and being able to recognize it from a point of reflection and a point of accountability really, really helps me to realize how am I going to be better in the future and how am I going to build that virtue with the help of God's grace. Amen, Chris. And there's the other great fact, too, is that we are, as members of the church, at war against the evil one. And the devil is real, fallen angels are real, And the spirit of wrath, St. Paul talks about this in the New Testament as well, that we do have to contend with this spirit, this evil spirit of anger. You know, I love some of the, in the, the, the beautiful art, you know, we talk about the good, the true, the beautiful here on Real Presence Radio, and about some of the beautiful sacred art of the temptation of St. Anthony. There's a lot of different renditions of this in Renaissance art and, and, and art that really depicts this temptation of St. Anthony, St. Anthony of the Desert, how he would be praying, and there's all these depictions of these evil spirits, and the seven deadly sins are depicted in these kind of grotesque demons that are around him that are tempting him, whether it be to anger or to greed or to sloth or to lust. And it's a real uh, depiction of how we live in the Christian life, that we are tempted to these seven deadly sins. Anger is one of them. And particularly during this time in our lives, 
during this pandemic time. Uh, you know, Ron mentioned it. We have to contend with government things. Um, we also have to contend with just things in daily life. You mentioned in the home with our children, with your spouse, um, with members of the church, me working with other uh, members of the church and, and, and sharing the gospel and perhaps having different visions on how to do that. The spirit of anger is truly something that's an oppressive spirit. And at times, we can recognize in our household, in our home, this, there's an ang- there's a evil spirit of anger that is oppressing our home right now, mm-hmm. or our parish, or our community, or our nation. And what we want to do as members of the churches in Christ and in God's grace, as you mentioned, Chris, is pray against that. And through the power of Jesus, ask to be delivered from that evil. And we, pr- we say that every time we pray the Our Father prayer, you know, deliver us from evil. You know, Father, deliver us from that, that temptation. And if you're, if you're really bogged down, particularly during this time of pandemic and all these extraordinary things that we've had to contend with, I would invite you to go to reconciliation. Call your parish priest. Even if it's during the week, give him a phone call and stop by the rectory. I'm confident all our priests in the Real Presence Radio Listening Network would be happy to hear from you. And if you're contending with whether it's with your spouse or your coworkers or anything, go to Father and say, Father, I want to talk. I, I need confession. I need God's forgiveness, and I need to be delivered from the spirit of anger because it's consuming me. You know, we have a great question in regards to this same topic of like contending with anger, whether it's at home or at work. And uh, one of these, this is what from Anonymous Online, and he says, you know, as a baseball fan, I can often get excited when I see the coach go out after a bad or an unjust call and argue with the ump. And the more excited the coach gets, the more excited I get. He might kick the dirt, throw things, cover the plate. But should I really get excited about this? Where is the line? I hear you, Anonymous, because, okay, <laughs> I'm a Minnesota Twins fan, lifelong, uh-huh. through both World Series. I was there, you know, as a little guy with my Twins gear on. I'm, I was born and raised in southern Minnesota. I live here in South Dakota now. This is still Twins territory. Like it or not, <laughs> here we are. And uh, we're looking forward to that. But when, you know, Coach Gardenhauer, who was our previous oh, yeah. uh, uh, coach for the, for the Twins, Gardy was known for this. You know when there was a bad call, he would come out, and here he would go. And it was just like seeing a, a pot that was boiling over on the stove, and the more red he would get, and he would get in it with the ump. And I agree with Anonymous. What is that that's coming up in me where I would get excited by that? You know, we, here we are also in the upper Midwest, you know, uh, ice hockey is a big sport, something we enjoy. Uh, minor league hockey that's here in our region, um, there is a lot of fighting in hockey, you know. What's the excitement with that? Now, that's a whole other argument on how, it, is it a part of the game? Does it actually make safe boundaries, protect players from being pushed around? That's a whole other segment, and we're not sports talk, but we're talking about living the life of faith. I remember playing intramural hockey on a seminarian team against other like student teams when we were at the university and here we are same thing chris trying to live virtuously because we were the seminarians we should not be getting angry uh not using foul language not pushing around not you know hacking other players but there's more than once where we had to actually pull back one of our seminarians who are studying to be priest against one of the other students who are playing a little dirty and acting a little you know rough around the edges there's a real battle that's taking place there and so 
why is that? Why should we get excited about maybe seeing the ump there or maybe seeing a fight or, or an argument break out? You know, I think that temptation there is really, it's part of that concupiscence, you know, like that anger is a powerful emotion. We see this in the public square. We see, be, be attentive to what you spend your time watching, whether it's on streaming video online, uh, be attentive to what kind of news sources and things you put in front of you. If it is not bringing you to a place of peace and contentment and serenity, then it is not of God. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of things in the milieu um, that even purport to be things of faith. But if it's not bringing you in a closer relationship with the Lord and the church, if it's bringing you mistrust and fear and doubt, and it's putting you in a place of despair, then say, get behind me, Satan, and I'm going to seek the truth, but I can seek it where those fruits of the Spirit are, which are peace, ease, contentment, um, and truly the Christian life. And that is something that we need to name. We need to point it out. And if we recognize it within ourselves, that that spirit of anger is powerful. And so even when we're watching it, whether it's the, the coach fighting with the ump, whether we're watching the hockey game and we're just waiting for a fight to break out rather than really looking at what are the mechanics of the game, we want to recognize within us, why am I fascinated with that? And at the same time, how can I be more fascinated with truth, goodness, and the glory of God in Christ. And so I love sports for the fact that when I see the human uh, person rise above and do something incredible for another person. I was watching a sports loop the other day of like a track athlete, like uh, running, you know, this incredible comebacks. And like, that's something really impressive to me and inspiring. Um, And those are the glorifying things that we recognize about the human person. So yeah, and I would you know second that absolutely. Like when we see the the body doing something incredible as a gift from God, it should lift us higher, right? And then to kind of piggyback off of what Father Tim said about if you're not if you're consuming something that does not give you peace, if you're consuming something that does not give you joy, if you're consuming something that does not cause you to fall on your knees in prayer and worship of God, whether it be um, out of something that good that happened in the world, in the news world, or something even that evil has happened, right? If that does not elicit a response that is to God, right, obviously it's not It's not in the right. And uh, I'm not going to name names, but there are people in our world, especially on social media these days, there are Catholic people, Catholic commentators that... I have been really struggling with lately. Why? Because they're so nitpicky about all these little things in the world that are over-the-top ridiculous and it's divisive in the church, right? And it's easy for me to read that headline and say, oh man, I agree with you, but how are you responding to this, right? That's a great, that's a great point, Chris. And uh, one aspect, because of the power of anger, how it draws us in, we also... Something I just want to name, which is a fact, this is, is that there is, you know, with social media, there are algorithms that mm. represent to us. So if we start consuming media that is unhealthy content, it's going to continue to bring us more of those things that arouse our passions, our anger, uh, and it's not going to contribute. So just be aware of those things. What is happening? And at times, take a media fast. One mm-hmm. of my brothers in Exodus 90 uh, what he is doing, uh, he, he's a good Catholic man. He's taking a media fast every week. The first week of the month, 
no Twitter, no social media, no Facebook. He's got an accountability partner, like you talked about, Chris, another, another brother in Christ who's doing the same thing with him. And they've experienced this immense freedom because he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He needs to stay up on the markets. He needs to do, make certain decisions where you working with social media is part of the job. But at the same time, he's had to make this decision to separate himself from that cycle of negativity, anger, unrest, in order to continue to do his work well and live as a, whole, a man to guide his family, his wife and children in God's love and in God's grace. And so pulling back from that cycle of anger and do not be confused, do not be deceived, brothers and sisters, that spirit of anger is profitable. Those same marketing companies or those same personalities that foster that spirit of anger and division, because of the traffic that they're generating to their sites, they are creating an extreme revenue which supports them in what they do. Now, they may justify that to say this, this is helping me in my business or my media business or my, my, even my, they might call that a ministry. But if it's built on bringing about separation, anger, and it leads people to despair rather than hope in Christ, then it's not of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not naming personalities, mm-hmm. but that exists in our world, and it exists in the media presence. And what we want to do here at Real Presence Radio, our mission is to bring you the true, the good, and the beautiful, so that you can live in Christ, and so that you can seek holiness, because the goal of the Christian life is to become a saint. And we recognize that in the scriptures, the Lord Jesus, he was upset. He cleansed the temple. You know, we, we know that there's Anger is an appropriate response to indifference to God, to, to unjust matters, certainly to sins against human life. But we want to live those, uh, the response in holiness and mm-hmm. in truth. And living in community with others is the best way to keep ourselves in check. You know, we can always get too far, uh, bef- too far ahead of ourselves. And so when we're really living in the presence of other Christians, brothers in, in a Bible study, uh, people that are in our life, they can either say, yeah, you're right, but you're still a jerk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and y- you, you might be saying what's true, but uh-huh. you're not leading people to Christ. You're actually leading people further away from Christ. And so, uh, you know, Chris, I know you've lived in discipleship and you've worked with missionaries in a team dynamic before. How have you seen that played out in your own mission life? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's so true. You know, I'm speaking, as I speak from my own experience, you know, I uh, just want to tell a quick story. When I lived as as a missionary, right, uh, there was a moment where one of my brothers and I got in an argument over a word. The word was Alzheimer's. Mm Mm-hmm. I pronounced it Alzheimer's, knowing that is how you pronounce it. If you look in the dictionary, he was pronouncing it Alzheimer's, yeah. right? And I was just, I had had enough with this guy. I'm like, like, like X, Y, and Z happened, and I was like, it's Alzheimer's, it's not Alzheimer's. And we were just back and forth, and then we both went our separate ways. And I went downstairs to where, we were, where, where my room was, and one of my other brothers was like, you're right, but... You better, you better apologize because that was not okay. I'm like, ah, crap, you're right. Uh-huh. You know, just like, it's like the stupidest little thing, right? And, but when we, when I finally went to him and apologized, there was that moment of healing, right? Mm. And there was that moment of I'm saying like, I was wrong. Like, I definitely realized that the way I responded to you was not okay. The way I reacted is not okay. And that 
uh, harmed my relationship with him. It mm-hmm. took some time to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in turn, it hurt the rest of my team. And so we need to be able to respond with that grace, with that love, right? Even if somebody is, quote unquote, in the wrong, right? Doesn't Just because they're saying something wrong doesn't mean you need to attack them, right? And that helped me actually grow my capacity to love and maybe aware. And so, um, yeah, speaking from that experience in my own life and my own failures with that, like you see it so clearly after the fact and it's only in those moments which I believe have to happen and they do happen to help you become holy and that and that's the goal Chris that goal of holiness you know we want to thank everyone who uh, gave us and, and joined the conversation for a straight talk there are more great segments to come on Real Presence Live up next today is an important day for Carmelites everywhere in the Universal Church and we're going to have one on to tell us more And later, it's a fun family night that you can have in your own home. All this and much more coming up next right here on Real Presence Live.